0: Welcome to the the DellingPod with me, James DellingPod. And this week's guest is, as always, someone I'm delighted to be able to have a chat with. Uh, His name is Kurt Zindulka. And he is, he does, you've got two channels. Yeah. You've got the Travelling Dukes, which is your kind of roving world reporting travel Mm -hmm. channel. blog excursions mayhem all that yeah and then you've got public occurrences which is really taking off which is where you you do more edgy stuff edgy political stuff getting into the politics yep yeah and you approached me out of the blue and I I commend you for your um, for your pushiness um, you you started off by sending me a gift from the Orient. You sent me some, and I, I like gifts, by the way. I think they're always good. Send James more gifts. Yeah. W- w- uh, you sent me some monk's fruit tea.
1: Yeah, it's this tea from this small little place in China that I just happened to live in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were trying to sell it for a while until we got kind of got shut down by the Communist Party. <laughs> right. Right. As as you do. Yeah. As you do. As you do. do.
0: Yeah. And so you're obviously American. That I'm
1: very American. I've been told.
0: Yeah, uh, although your your surname is is Czech. That's right. Yeah. Right, okay, um, and you lived for five years. Yeah. In China, and so you've. China's changing pretty rapidly, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it was wild. So after university, I graduated with a degree in English, studying literature.
0: Oh, you're, and, you're, you're doomed then?
1: Exactly. So there was no work. Let,
0: let, me, let, actually, <laughs> let me stop you. I didn't ask you to have done English. Where did you do that?
1: I did it at a state school in New Jersey. Right. Yeah. Montclair State University.
0: Okay. So you... And... and Was that horribly PC when you were there or or was it before that everything went wrong?
1: Uh, So it was like right at the turning point, actually, right? right? So I was forced to take a lot of classes like black female writers to fulfill all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty horrendous. My professor hated every single white man in the class until I mentioned that I was incredibly poor. Then I guess her Marxist side kind of took over. She let me talk a little bit. But yeah, so you had to fulfill all these these black writers, women writers, all this stuff just to graduate so it's like I couldn't even focus on the literature I was
0: really interested in, which was a shame that that sucks so much. Yeah. I, I just I, in my upstairs loo, I've got this very excellent book um, about by, by actually a, a guy who I'm going to have on the podcast at some stage and he talks about the Canon. Uh, he was actually talking about about the canon of 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 great artists.
1: So like Har- Harold Bloom type of stuff, right?
0: Well, he, well, he, he, I mean, the the canon is just yeah. the the body of widely accepted literature or art, uh, widely accepted as, as as being excellent, the the best, the best that humans have achieved. And now there seems to be this new tendency where actually possession of a vagina. <laughs> or, or, or skin tone right. is more important than than quality. Yeah, yeah. I really wish
1: I had, like, had, had. I went through university studying literature and we did not read Chaucer or Milton. No. We, yeah. Swear. Yep. That's so sad. I know. <laughs> So yeah, so I graduated with a literature degree and was delivering pizzas, and I was like,
0: which is which is which is what you're suited for with the a literature <laughs> exactly. degree, exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: So I took the first job that sent me over to China just to get out of there, right. and yeah, spent about got there, didn't know anything, didn't know anything about China, and obviously it was like a culture shock at first. Didn't know the language, couldn't even use chopsticks when I first got there. Right. But, you know, picked that up slowly, and
0: it was... By the way, China's a big place. Where, where did you go?
1: So, I was in this place called Guilin. It's in the mountains of southern China. One of the most beautiful places in the world, actually. Right. Lovely, probably awesome place to ride a motorcycle around, right? Right. But, yeah, so I was teaching English there, and uh, when I first got there, it was a lot more welcoming towards foreigners than it had than it became over the time I was there. And also... At first, yeah, you'd see security cams here and there, but they implemented something called the Skynet, which is literally out of Terminator, that word, right, for the global, which is over 20 to 30 million cameras on all the streets of China. So it's like, since the time I was there, it's like you're constantly being watched all the time, and it's just... It's, it, it was such an oppressive vibe, it was so it's, insane. It's
0: the surveillance state that we're warned about and it actually exists in China now.
1: On steroids, on That's, steroids. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: So, so um, yeah, you must have felt a bit kind of what, exposed.
1: Yeah, well also, so I was, besides just teaching English, I was also running this news account on this app called WeChat. WeChat is sort of like the everything app for China. So it's Facebook, Messenger, Uber, paying for money. Most people pay with this app called WeChat. They don't even have cash anymore. And also there are news accounts, right? So I, I ran this account. It was the most popular with foreigners in China. We had a couple hundred thousand followers throughout China. And I was constantly aware of being censored by the government and they have, what they do is, if any story gets over 5,000 clicks, then it gets an automatic review by the government. And yeah, I once uh, was posting a story about the Icelandic Pirate Party. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, it had mentioned something about Panama, and Panama, like two or three years ago, was one of the most censored words in all of China, because of the Panama Papers. Some of Xi Jinping's relatives had some money stored away in Panama, so just even... I couldn't even send out that article, because it had the word Panama in it. Right. Automatic block. And then, uh, yeah, a, a few months before I left China, there was this massive WeChat purge where tens of thousands of accounts were just completely blacklisted. And what they were doing was using computer algorithms, AI learning, and they went through five years of thousands of posts that I had put up, and they found something from four and a half year ago, and it had mentioned the Dalai Lama, and so they took down my account. And so I was just like, I cannot live in this country anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, how did you communicate? Because presumably not many people speak English, and you don't speak Mandarin, I imagine.
1: I, I speak enough Mandarin to get by. Oh, like you? it's it's broken. It's pretty bad. I never really studied it, but I can get by.
0: What? So you learned it, ab initio. I well, mean- so like, there's two ways you
1: learn Chinese as a foreigner in China. Either you take a class or you have a Chinese girlfriend. I had a Chinese girlfriend for a couple okay. of years. Yeah, that's right. how you pick it up.
0: Yeah. What's it like having a Chinese girlfriend? She, okay.
1: was, she was lovely, man, actually. Like, one of the wow. sweetest people I've ever met. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, she had, she actually pretty much saved my life, essentially, because of this accident I had in China. Right. So. You
0: mentioned that. What, what, what was the accident?
1: All right. So, I was riding home on my motorcycle. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. A little beer. yeah
0: yeah. so she saved your life
1: yeah so about three and a half years ago I was riding home on my motorcycle I love that motorcycle but I was blindsided by a taxi driver he ran through a red light I hit him straight on flipped over Bike was completely trashed, completely totaled, and completely messed up my back. I had already had a bad back after working at a factory as a teenager, (laughs) different story. But I was, I was basically, two of my discs completely slipped out. So it was just like uh, pressing up against my nerve endings. So it was basically pure pain. So nerves, it's like electricity. So I was carried to a Chinese hospital and they put me in the emergency room or whatever the waiting room essentially all night the doctors had went home i was lying there all night they gave me some ibuprofen because okay. all the morphine was locked up so i was basically screaming for do you know, about 12 hours it sounds like my
0: there. experiences in wales when i when I, <laughs> oh, really? when I when i fell into a haha do you know what a haha is no a haha is is on grand country estates you divide your your lawns from the estate beyond the the sort of the pasture land or whatever with this with this wall as uh, I think it was about 10 12 foot drop that I fell down so you have this kind of ditch and it looks like the the pasture land beyond is contiguous with your with your lawn. It, it gives an optical illusion. Right. It, keep, it keeps the cattle and sheep out of your, your, your land. But anyway, I fell into a ha-ha, and I, I had to go to a, a Welsh hospital, and it was a similar situation. The, the Welsh NHS is appalling. Yeah. And they weren't giving me any decent painkillers, and it actually hurts when you've broken your leg. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you want yeah. painkillers, and, and all they gave me was, was paracetamol or ibuprofen. Anyway, so you were in this Chinese hospital. Yep. Yeah,
1: so I, I was actually... I couldn't walk for about a month and a half in this Chinese hospital. Were you in
0: traction or, or whatever, or just lying in bed? You just
1: basically, I was in bed. Yeah, I just I could get up slightly every now and again, but yeah, one of the amazing things was that I was I was stuck in a room with two other people who had bad backs. One was a seventy-year-old Chinese man who sounded like he was basically dying of lung cancer too right next to me and they don't provide nurses really for you they don't provide you food they barely provide you water so what the old guy did was he can hire like a private nurse they call them like ies or aunties and luckily i had a chinese girlfriend who was a saint and she basically she she washed me she she fed me she brought me food every single day like if i didn't have her i don't know what the hell would have happened to me
0: but did she have a, she had a job
1: presumably yeah she she spent all of her free time coming and, and helping me it was one of the greatest things oh. really, of kindness well,
0: what what's, what's happened to her
1: well so it's a combination of things so in china there's something called uh, leftover women oh, okay
0: oh So your Chinese girlfriend And the rescue
1: Uh, Yeah so let's just say Like what I think What happened to her right Yeah
0: yeah
1: So you want to just say Like what happened So what happened to her So
0: so what happened to her Yeah
1: All right. so I guess It was a combination Of a couple things The first thing was It was kind of like She was my nurse For a while So a lot of the sex Like sort of relationship Kind of changed After that you know Yeah yeah and then also there's something in China called leftover women. So if you're a woman who's over the age of 28 or so, yeah. and you're not married, basically you might be screwed for the rest of your life, never being able to get a, a husband. Yeah. So it was coming to that time for her, and I just wasn't ready to commit to marriage. So she had to move on. It was kind of, yeah.
0: That's lovely. Sad. Yeah, I That's know. a right? sad story. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Because she could because you could have been her ticket out of China. I don't whether whether, I know. do, do Chinese women want to get out of China?
1: Or? Yeah, but it's also very difficult for anyone to get out of China. I have a lot of friends who have Chinese wives and it takes them years to be able to get them out of the country. It's, it's very restrictive right. for their travel. And I, I didn't want to be tied to China anymore like that too. No, no, yeah.
0: no. Okay, so how, um, and she fed you presumably. yeah. And so is it very, very primitive in a Chinese hospital?
1: Especially where I was. I wasn't in like a place like Beijing or Shanghai, where you have some decent hospitals. I was in a third tier city. They rank their cities by tiers, their economic levels. So in a third tier city, it's pretty, pretty grim. Pretty grim. Right. Yeah.
0: What, what, what was the medical treatment like?
1: Basically, I would just beg them to give me morphine. That was about all they did for oh, me. Oh, I see. That was it? That was it. So there was it. no
0: kind of reconstruction of your shattered spine or well, so or whatever
1: they do well what they did was they, they put me into an x-ray right and they looked at my x-ray and they said whoa we can't do anything about this you need to get to America death surgery which I still haven't done hence why I'm sort of limping around so.
0: you ah you're, you're in a bad way I mean that the, I, I peop- I'm drinking my way through it James Pe- people listening to this um May not be aware, but there's also a video version of this because you brought your your camera assistant Tom, yep. which is which is just great. I mean, this is what I should be doing all the time. This is what yeah. I, I, we, I should be filming because I know there was an appetite for, for visual stuff, and we did that one vidcast with Dick, right, which was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was yeah, great. But 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 really, we should do more. I mean, I think if I want to expand the brand, that's what I need to be thinking of.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway. So yeah, like. The, the way I actually got into YouTube yeah. was, so it, I had been approached, let's try to get to some more fun stuff besides past loves and Chinese hospitals. I was approached by a friend of mine, a Chinese friend of mine. This is about four and a half years ago. Yeah. And he was connected to some people in the the government and he was going around asking foreigners, if you would like to fly to Beijing and meet with the Chinese military, the People's Liberation Army, and you can make millions of dollars. Sounds legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, sign me up. Yeah. So they flew me up to Beijing, yeah. and I met with these, like, legitimately People's Liberation Army officials. Yeah. Stuck me in a hotel room, and what it turned out to, to be was they were trying to money launder money from Europe Back to China because there's a bunch of dark Chinese money in Europe and they have a hard time getting it back there. And they want to use it for all their infrastructure projects across Asia in their one belt, one road, debt trap diplomacy. Right. So I was brought up there and basically strung along for a month. They put me up in a nice hotel. I was just hanging out there and it all fell through because of my American card actually clicked it so nothing ever came of it
0: what do you mean your American card clicked it
1: they wanted to transfer millions of dollars through my car
0: oh I see yeah
1: and for some reason you know dopey English teacher I was like yeah let's do it I could get millions of dollars so I started coming up with all these plans because they were like all right you're gonna get all this Chinese millions of Chinese RMB as payment right and you can only take about 50 grand out of China per year because of their money flow restrictions, right? So I was coming up with all these like crazy schemes. I was like, all right, let's start selling tea, which is where we sent you the tea. Uh, Maybe smuggling gold into Hong Kong. And another one was like, let's start up a YouTube channel. Right. (laughs) Funnel my money. Obviously, still poor as hell, so nothing ever came of it. I got kind of freaked out, and I left there. So, But that's actually how I started up the
0: Traveling Dukes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, that does sound quite a dispiriting experience that you had in in, in China. I can see why you wouldn't want to linger. So what did you do then?
1: We left for Vietnam. So we got... Yeah, we went to the Nam. All four of us, uh, all three of us, sorry, me, Tom and Simon were the traveling dukes. We packed up all of our worldly possessions, got on a train from China to Vietnam. Like it was like a 30-hour train ride. And we had to cross the border twice at midnight. You can see all this footage. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then we ended up in this nice little beach town called Hoi An, which is just like absolutely lovely after living in grim China for so long.
0: I bet the food's better.
1: The food is amazing. Like one of the problems with China, again, is just the food quality. It's like you're constantly getting sick because of the low standards of oils and meats that they use. So they call it La Dutza, which is like spicy, spicy tummy, basically. So you're just, you know, you've got, you've got squits all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after a late night barbecue. That's,
0: that's so depressing because Obviously, the the ethnic cuisine that one used to eat as a child in 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 England certainly was the, the go to food was Chinese food, and you, you had things like Peking duck and sweet and sour prawns and mm-hmm. sweet and sour pork or whatever. But but real Chinese food, I imagine, in mainland China is is anywhere you can get nice food. So, like,
1: don't get me wrong. Like, some of the Chinese food is absolutely amazing it's just like you're also just taking sort of a gamble on which restaurant you go to right so some of this stuff is just brilliant like I love like Sichuan food hot pots it's probably one of my favorite foods actually okay but it, like especially if you're a poor English teacher you're not always going to the nicest establishments I if can you know, see right? that I can
0: see that Now yeah. you did do it the low-rent way
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah um yeah I uh, that. that would be
1: but Vietnam food Vietnamese food Oh my God, you get like, you get these... Have you ever had a banh mi? It's this... They, the French brought over baguettes, so they actually have sandwiches. China has no bread. That's, that's worth a damn. But in Vietnam, they have lovely baguettes for like 20 cents everywhere, and they make these beautiful Vietnamese sandwiches. And best coffee in the world. It is one of the nicest I've places never thought, in the world. I,
0: I thought that Australia and New Zealand had the world's best coffee. I think, I think New Zealand invented the flat white yeah but, well it but, might be better I don't know. But, I that, so yeah. are you are, are you talking about black coffee or white coffee uh so they do both what the
1: one that's probably the most popular it's called something called it's called a uh, cafe suda so they use evaporated milk and very strong black coffee but you could get I black like
0: too. i like the sound of that yeah and do you think that was that was partly the sort of the french heritage when it was french Indochina? very
1: much so there's actually a what happened was there was a one French missionary monk who brought over one coffee tree to Vietnam and that's where the whole industry came from actually
0: it's actually an argument in favor of globalization Clone. isn't it or colonialism yes. certainly that yeah. I, I once traveled through Africa and I went into I traveled through the Central African Republic and and Zaire as it then was um, now uh, what Democratic Republic of Congo I think Um, and you, you went through these kind of fading colonial towns where you couldn't get much meat that wasn't kind of monkey or elephant or disgusting, you know, from fly blown markets. It was all pretty primitive, (laughs) but all these, all these towns would still have a patisserie selling really, really good French cakes. Yeah. So the French, I don't think they were quite as enlightened as as the british were i think i think if you had to be a colony of any country britain it'd be britain without question we we gave the 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 railway systems and the legal system and and they're always pretty well run aren't they yeah ex-british colonies french french are are pretty bad belgium basket cases portuguese even worse
1: but at least the french did give some people some nice like
0: Food tips. Anyway. Yeah, nice food tips. Well, well done French for, for making Vietnam. Yeah, you know, that's right. The, the top t- tourist destination it is today. Yeah,
1: it's it's amazing there. The people are lovely. It's some of the most beautiful scenery. That, so we started up this travel channel, just traveling all over Vietnam. And it's just some of the most l- beautiful places you could ever go. I'm going to have to
0: look at your travel channel of, of, of Vietnam because I've got this fantasy about buying somewhere in Vietnam one day. Although it's... Vietnam is is still a communist state or not? So it is. It is definitely. And it's they've they
1: opened up their markets in the late 80s, so there's a that's when Vietnam actually started getting up there economically. They were almost destitute in the 80s and prior to that. But now it's up and coming. There's a lot of money flowing around, but it is still run by the Communist Party. And they are cracking down on Facebook now, which is a worrying sign. So censorship might be coming to Vietnam, too.
0: Oh, okay. So you, you you don't feel that it's in that transitional phase where it's going to become essentially Western free market stuff?
1: Well, so here's the thing, right? So Trump is doing this whole trade war with China right now. Yeah. Right? yeah. And tons of factories are dropping their, their operations in China and moving them to northern Vietnam. So this is the question, right? So in the 90s, we said, should we let China into the WTO? A lot of people said, yes, if you add these these industries, the money will make them less communist. It really just went into the Communist Party's pockets and basically funded their surveillance state. So I don't know what's going to happen to Vietnam. Hopefully they become more westernized because they hate China. So hopefully we they side with us. They going around as an American in, Ch- in Vietnam especially after the Vietnamese War they love me they're like America number one because they're getting rich off us and they can't stand the Chinese interesting yeah
0: interesting yeah I think we we in the West are very ill-informed about about China I think we probably we were probably aware that the economy is growing pretty fast but I don't think many people are are really clued up about the the new regime and and about where it's the authoritarian direction it's heading and, and and possibly also its th- its it, its threat to the West. I mean, presumably economically, the way it's buying up Africa, for example, and and buying up South America, buying up the resources. It's it's it, it's almost makes me think of maybe. Japan in the in the run-up to the second world war there's something about its its ambitions which uh, we should we should perhaps worry about am I right? well, so this is one of the reasons why I
1: really support Donald Trump is Because he's the first president of my lifetime to ever try to do anything to compete with China and actually try to stick it to him so China is probably the most evil government in the world in my estimation they have a million Muslims locked up in internment camps in the western region of Xinjiang. They torture and organ harvest people from Falun Gong, which is basically just like like a Tai Chi religious movement. But because any religion in China is a threat to the Communist Party, they're they're locked up. They harvest their organs because they have they don't have enough organ donors. It's outrageous what they're doing in Hong Kong, locking up students just for, Asking for freedom of speech and be able to select their own leaders, and what they do to the West as far as stealing our our Technology. intellectual intellectual yeah, property, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's estimates that it's anywhere from two hundred to six hundred billion dollars per year that they steal from the West because they don't invent anything; they just get our stuff and copy it and print it out in, in a little factory. But I will say this as a silver lining: I think their economy is in very big trouble especially with the trade war they have a housing crisis because the the government just builds houses right right just to give people construction jobs right but these houses are empty you have whole cities that are just empty built with cheap chinese cement that's crumbling and a lot of and also an aging population one of their big problems is they're they're getting old before they're getting rich. So, their welfare system is not, they don't even have that much of a welfare system, but they're not going to be able to support the elderly population because they had the one child policy. There's not enough young right. kids. And also, like, I, I, so I think there is, there is hope that a lot of this will crumble. I think they're being aggressive now because they can, but in 10, 20 years, I f- feel like it could all go south.
0: But presumably, the- there's going to be a sort of sweet spot, um, although that's not probably not the right <laughs> phrase under the circumstance, where they will feel strong enough militarily to maybe have a have a pop. I mean, uh, there are people who say to me that, that that war with China is inevitable. I mean, I, I hope that's not the case. Uh, and, and if it's not if it's not a shooting war, it's going to be a really nasty trade war. Somebody somebody said to me the other day that, that they thought that the chinese have the power for example to collapse the australian economy and and that they are so heavily invested in the west they, they, i mean in all the tech companies for example that all all they need to do to collapse the western economies is to start withdrawing their funds or or stop putting more money into these these yeah
1: but that would just like their their economic growth rates which are all fake by the way yeah. they've been saying 6 over 6.7% for a decade, it's yeah. all crap. Any any economic numbers you see out of China are fake. I don't buy that, and I think their economy is going down. They need our economy far more than we need them. Right. So like, if they start actually actively doing these measures, you're gonna see more companies fly out of China, go to India or Vietnam, and then it's just gonna further collapse their own economy. I don't think they have as much leg to stand on in the trade war. So we have to be as aggressive as possible and just take it to them because they've got nothing to stand on. I think.
0: Interesting, because if you if you spoke to any American liberal, they would say, warmonger Trump, trying to create this tent, well, not trying to, creating tension with, with the Chinese. All they want to do is have a better Western, Western life, a better, better standard of living. Uh, and here he is just just putting a massive fly in the ointment? Trump is, is like, if you if you were really worried about a war with the
1: Chinese, I'd say it'd be legitimate under someone like Obama who can't enforce red lines in Syria or lets Russia invade other countries, right? Yeah. But I don't, like, one of the best moments I think Trump ever had was when Xi Jinping was staying at Trump's uh, estate called Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. And they were having... Uh, I think it was like chocolate ice cream or chocolate cake. And as they were eating chocolate cake, somebody whispered in Trump's ear and he got the go-ahead to drop the mother of all bombs. And he didn't even say anything to Xi Jinping at the time. But it's like as he was sitting there with him, he's dropping one of the biggest bombs on a a Taliban mountain. And it's like, he's got the idea. You've got to show strength to to these communist thugs. It's not the Chinese people. It's this, this mafia group that controls their government. And we've got to be strong with them. That's the only option.
0: You mean, what was it called? It was the mother of all bombs. Wasn't
1: Moab, it? Moab. Right. Yeah, yeah, the mother of all bombs.
0: And uh, I see. And he chose that moment deliberately?
1: That specific moment, eating chocolate cake with the Chinese dictator. Do you think he timed it that deliberately? <laughs> he's, he's, he's all about timing. He's all about image. This is what he's doing. I don't know. I think, I think that was very well timed.
0: Oh, why haven't I met Donald yet? I, I just feel that the <laughs> meeting is so, so overdue. And what with, I just thought with the Breitbart connection that maybe, you know, I'd get an audience.
1: I've gotten pretty close. So when we were in Vietnam, he actually came. We, we lucked out, right? Yeah. So he met Kim Jong Un in Hanoi. So we packed up all our stuff and got, flew up to Hanoi. And uh, yeah, it was wild. We, we, we were like 10 feet away from Trump and Kim Jong Un. Like when we were fl- when we were first got in there, we had to go to some camera sh- equipment shop on the other side of town. Yeah. we were we were flying up there in a taxi, and then all of a sudden everything shut down, and it was Kim Jong Un's motorcade that blocked us off, and that was like thirty seconds into getting there. And uh, I don't know if this is one of my favorite rumors about Kim Jong Un, is that he travels with two Mercedes. One is for him, and the other is actually his toilet car. <laughs> so I, uh, because they need to inspect. Uh.
0: That's right. What's that? Uh, the light. Oh, oh, that's not that's not the right, is it? That's a. Uh... Yeah, exactly. When the come when on, the, Tom. When the cameraman goes away, this is this. By the way, is why I one of the reasons why I haven't got the Delling pole, Delling pod. F- film channel because it involves so much um, of the stuff I really hate like organization um, tinkering with with stuff I, I just want to be the talent and to yeah. sit in front of the camera and talk shit <laughs> I, I don't want any of the that's the, why the I, have techie. Tom. <laughs> well, I, I need a Tom yeah. I tell you what I, I tell you <laughs> so what when I'm rich and it won't be long now I'm sure I do. God God is smiling on me I'm sure he will he'll, he'll bring me money um i'm going to have a tom and i'm just going to film my podcast i'm just going to you going to swan round talking to interesting people i think i think it's got to be good hasn't it I mean, yeah but it's very interesting talking to you you are a you you just gone out there and done your shit you've yeah. just gone out there and with tom and you you like to mix it up with people and you like to you well yeah
1: so We actually first met in person at a Brexit rally in London, right?
0: We did. And and well done for spotting that, by the way. I think Brexit party is, the Brexit party is the coming thing. Yeah. I'm, the way the Conservative party is going right now, I think. It's in shambles. As an
1: outsider, but it looks horrendous to me. Can they even recover? I don't think so. Who's like, maybe the
0: the only person I could see is Jacob Rees-Mogg, but that's about it. So Jacob won't do it yeah Jacob won't do it Pretty Patel who I think would be fantastic absolutely dreamboat um she's not standing Steve Baker might stand I think he, everyone says Boris is the only hope but after what he said about climate change and stuff he's 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 Borrowing the greens, it's too wishy-washy. Greens it's too wishy-washy. But more than that, it's fundamentally anti-conservative. What he, what he's doing, you cannot, you cannot buy into the UNFCC. You, you can't, you can't buy into the United Nations climate change nonsense and be a conservative because they are inimical. I know. Because, because modern environmentalism is basically a form of socialism wearing the mantle of of environmental care.
1: Watermelons, man. I know.
0: I know. Watermelons, yeah.
1: yeah I was in Wales man For we went camping and we went to I can't remember the, the name of the place sorry well you couldn't pronounce it even if you could yeah that's right. <laughs> right but it was one of the most beautiful places in all of Wales and I looked out into the ocean and there's hundreds of these disgusting looking windmills and I was like what the hell are you doing yeah, in your country yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a great thing Trump did <laughs> he was like windmills are dumb
0: Yes, he did. It's one of the many reasons I love the Donald. Yeah, that he hates windmills. He hates hates wind wind turbines.
1: Um, but yeah, so we met at this Brexit rally, right? And we did. and you you were thinking about going up and filming this Tommy Robinson thing, but you don't have a Tom, so you actually sent us up there.
0: That's well, that, <laughs> well that's you gave right. us the
1: suggestion of uh, yeah, going up yeah, there. Right?
0: Yeah, and 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 you embarrassed me slightly because <laughs> a little because, bit. because the next so so I think I said something to you like look look guys if you, <laughs> if, if, if you get some interesting footage yeah we, we we might use it and I think that you took that as a as a as, a, as a, a cue to go and represent Breitbart, which, which you can't. I, no, I don't mind because I, I, I think get it. you're. A, I think you're a very sweet, sweet guy, and and y- you mean well. I know, but you ended up getting milkshaked, yep. and and so momentum, <laughs> momentum. The hard left, Jeremy Corbyn, who are always looking out for any example of of conservatives being humiliated and stuff, and they said Breitbart. Breitbart reporter gets gets milkshakes. So then I heard from my bosses, who is this guy? what why yeah, he's not Breitbart. How, <laughs> how is this? Uh anyway, it, it was it was fine. I, I I'm 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 very relaxed about these sort of things, but I can see why Breitbart, the organization, might have been Yeah, I,
1: I understand too. But, Dickhead YouTuber move. But I did get milkshakes, so I am in a select crew. Yeah. Like there's Nigel Farage, Sargon of Akkad, Tommy Robinson, and me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some some dude. We just showed up in this country a few weeks ago. And so, how was the Tommy Robinson rally? You know, it was interesting. Like, we went around for about an hour or so, like, interviewing all the Tommy Robinson supporters. It was one of the poorest places in all of Manchester. Like, these people had nothing. And they were just saying, you know, Tommy gives us hope. You know, he's the only one that actually talks about us, you know. And on the other side of the police aisle, there were all these upper class white people basically screaming that these poor working pl- people are, are Nazis or fascists. Yeah. And it, it just really, I just feel all, they're just virtue signaling, but they're attacking the poorest people that they claim to represent. It's so odd, you know, and I, it was interesting. And then, yeah, we walked across to the, to the Tom, to the anti Tommy side and within two minutes, had a McDonald's vanilla milkshake thrown on me. I'm so, on my
0: only suit, man. I'm a poor English teacher from Now. <laughs> so, so these were Antifa types, presumably. Yeah, exactly. And and what about? Were you there when that massive mob of of Islamists descended on the, on the rally and started throwing stones? Was that a different rally?
1: No, that was a, that was a couple days before us, actually. Yeah. That,
0: yeah, that but, was ugly.
1: Yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. And the,
0: and the police seemed to be kind of help, helping the bad guys. I, yeah, I, I don't get it. Like,
1: it was so shocking, like, after I got milkshaked, right, Yeah, <laughs> such a weird, like, verb, uh, the policeman came up to me and he was like, get out of here. You're causing a disturbance. You're just inflaming the situation. I'm like, dude, I didn't even say an opinion. I just asked these what they were thinking and I get hit with a milkshake yeah. and I'm the one inflaming the situation.
0: Yeah. it was like, what are the police in this country doing? Well that's an interesting question. You can tell me because you've seen communist China and you've seen the West. Tell me tell me the differences between that kind of the the forms of political correctness that they impose on on us.
1: Well so in China and to a lesser extent Vietnam basically you could say you could you could speak very openly about a lot of like social issues right like you could share your thoughts on a lot of things right as long as you don't talk about the communist party as long as you don't insult any of the leadership you're pretty much fine if you obviously if you do speak out against you might end up in a prison and disappeared off the face of the earth yeah over here it's a lot more like you just can't speak openly i felt so much more free sharing my opinions over in asia than just a few weeks back here it's Are you like, serious yeah because it's like, one there's a lot less white people around that can understand me, I guess. Yeah. But over there, it's like people people will hear you out a lot more and won't just say, "Oh, you're a horrible person for for believing this." Here, it's like people are calling me like like a racist, fascist. And it's like, dude, I'm an American libertarian. Yeah. Pretty much the opposite of a, yeah of, a, of a, but yeah. So I think it's it's a pretty pretty stark difference, and also just like dating culture over there it's like you have, over here you have to step on you gotta worry about stepping on eggshells don't mention this topic in front of a woman you don't know that well right you don't want to share your whole th- political thesis too early before they you it's know what funny I, mean?
0: I I like to think of this this podcast as a as a bastion of old school values and I talk about the world as it was when I was growing up which seems seems reasonable I have a sort of um, an old-fashioned view about about men and women. I think we're different. so do I actually, yeah, yeah, and it, I probably so to most people actually when yeah. you s- scratch the and, surface,
1: and those those roles are sort of a lot more defined in places in Asia. They're a lot more conservative in that regard. So it's like there there are specific, just sort of gender norms, especially in public. Like if you go like behind the scenes in any Chinese relationship the woman's still running the show right but in public they're not gonna like disgrace their 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 man by, by shitting yeah on him, yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, but over here it's like eh, they they feel empowered and it gives them some I don't know righteous anger because they're angry at their dad I guess I don't know
0: I think one of the one of the things that bothers me is that um girls have now been culturally brainwashed into thinking that that yeah um for example if a man makes uh, if they if they have drunk sex that, that that it is now perfectly legitimate for them to decide the morning after that actually no on second thoughts they didn't like it and therefore and therefore they were raped exactly whereas in the old days we used to get drunk because obviously courting is quite when you're young you don't really know what you're doing and it's difficult to ask a girl out, or difficult if you're a girl, I imagine to you know you're out on on the pool too, and so you you get drunk to sort of ease the the process, and yeah, it can be a bit messy, and sometimes you regret it afterwards. But it but it ain't rape. That's not right. that's not you know rape is, for me is a a much nastier and and exactly. premeditated thing
1: well and it's like you see all these studies that millennials are having so much less sex than the generations previous I imagine it's because people are afraid of having drunk sex and ruining your life forever it's like in the 70s you could just get hammered and a lot more sex was going on can I just say as an
0: older person I kind of like that I kind of like the fact that that, that (laughs) people young you, you may have your youth and you may have your beauty, and you may have years ahead of you, but you can't have sex. <laughs> yeah, you got us, spend. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the. Uh, so you will become incels. That's what. Yeah, well,
1: not if you move to Asia.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 but let me give you another example of this. Yeah. I I was a, I'm a big fan of that series, which is on Sky, HBO, um, recently. The The Chernobyl series. Oh, I've been meaning to watch it. I haven't really had a chance it's yet. It's very really good. And some stupid girl on Twitter, you know, not many, not many followers, but just representative, I think, of the youth, the kind of brainwashed stupid youth, um, said, said, you know, why weren't there more people of color in the casting? <laughs> well, you know, in 1986 right. in the Ukraine, yeah. how many people of color were there? I think probably less than 0.001 yeah percent there probably wouldn't have been a single person of color in the entirety of that that region of 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 the ukraine or indeed in moscow probably they might have visiting people being indoctrinated from african countries (laughs) you know studying studying how to become good communists. but apart from that but i i thought what graced with me was her assumption that that people of color, as she called them, have a right to be represented in historical periods where they would not have existed, that somehow the, the, this is this is only fair and just. And it's not fair and just. It's wrong. It's historically inaccurate, and it's insulting to the viewer.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I remember they said the same thing about Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> <What>? They did. <laughs> what are they. you
1: talking about? They. They. Yeah, they. exactly. This
0: is, this is the thing. This is, this is why we fight the culture wars, because there is so much stupid around. Yeah. And if we don't speak out against the stupid, because in a way, what they're doing when they this is this is one of my friend Douglas Murray's lines on this, it's actually an act of aggression. What they are saying when the because the BBC, for example, now has this policy whereby a certain percentage of BAME as they as they call them um, and a certain amount of women are required to be in every single drama, regardless of of the historical facts, which is why. For example, we had um, Les Miserables with a, a, a black Inspector Javert. Well, 1830s France, there would not have been a black Inspector Javert. And, and actually, if you're going to go to the trouble of recreating the period, and you're going to make sure that in each shot the, the streets are cobbled, and there are going to be no, no parking meters or wind turbines or whatever, if you're going to go to that trouble on period detail, why blow it? Just because you want to make a point about race relations, and it seems to me, to, to, uh, to getting back to Douglas's point, that it's not merely a kind of a neutral political position; it's actually an act of aggression against the viewer, challenging the viewer to be upset. And when you get upset by it, you're, ah, you're a racist. They want to make you feel like you're you're a racist.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I, I think I think that's why everyone's turning away from these old old media sources. They are. Right? So it's like, let's burn them all to the ground. Like, just cut the cut the cable. Don't watch television anymore. Don't support them. Like, just find your stuff on the internet. If you want to watch a show, just rip it on, like, Pirate Bay or something. This is why... Don't give them
0: money. This is why I feel very much at the bleeding edge of, of the modern world, having having you um, here, because you are going out there and doing this stuff.
1: Yeah, so... Did the Tommy Robinson rally, Brexit rally since we were here, Trump and Kim in in Vietnam. And we literally just came from two straight days of Trump protests in London.
0: Right. And how were they? You know, well,
1: the first thing I got to say is the blimp was pathetic.
0: I've seen the blimp. I saw it on the previous Trump visit and I I was struck by how comically small it is. Yeah compared to how you would expect it to be
1: and it was too windy so they got it about 10 feet off the ground that was it which I loved it was just like an act of God and then later when the big protest came it was raining pretty hard on all those leftists it was pretty wild and yeah I had water thrown on me that was probably the worst thing because I tried to take a picture with a guy wearing a MAGA hat and they threw water on me, called me an incel, like loser. They said, "Oh, look at this guy. He's he's obviously the superior race," and you know. And we saw some people get attacked. We interviewed a bunch of people who were walking around. Who who was being attacked? Anyone wearing a MAGA hat. So right. like basically, people would just come up and rip their hats off. Like one guy told me, they took his hat off and threw it in some horse crap. And yeah, got pushed around a bunch, but we went on both sides. We went kind of incognito onto the left.
0: <laughs> well, you, you 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 look like a leftist.
1: Oh yeah. Or you,
0: or you could pass anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I um on the Monday of the visit, I went on Sky News, uh, to co- to to commentate on the on the, the the arrival of Air Force One helicopter, and uh, so I had a sort of ringside seat by buckingham palace and i wore a a trump it was it wasn't the red marga hat it was a black marga hat i i I couldn't get hold of a red red one It was very yeah
1: we tried too. it didn't it didn't deliver
0: and 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 the sky people refused to let me wear my Trump. no and they and they actually used the phrase um safe space they said that th- this would invade somebody's safe space. And, it, and and that's how the left thinks now. They think that wearing a red hat with the slogan celebrating American greatness, which is surely a good thing. American greatness has brought good things One would to think. the world. <laughs> One would think. I think America, America, on, America yeah. on balance is, is, is good <laughs> rather than that. bad. It's the leader of the free world. Yeah. and And yet it's now considered to be an act of violence to wear one and we know it's considered an act of violence because they feel perfectly able to attack anybody violently for wearing one because they think it's a it's it's a reasonable quid pro quo whereas i'd say no actually it's a hat
1: yeah it's a hat and it's just this they want to create this uh, i think what it really is about getting back to the douglas point is they they want to provoke you they want to they wanna push you, and then as soon as you push back up, oh, look at this this Nazi here yes, wearing did. the red hat. He pushed me. Like they're just trying, they're trying to get you, push you into a corner so you lash out, so that you look like what they really are, which is fascist, right? Yes. The left are fascist, yes, not us, they are. right? people wearing a red hat that's that's not an aggressive act but screaming at people and attacking people for wearing a hat that's a fascist yeah, act yeah physically
0: assaulting them with milkshake which requires at the very least a, a dry cleaning bill yeah and uh, but also is is quite it's quite upsetting being physically attacked and they it's interesting the way they rationalize it they they sort of make out that like it's only a milkshake and you should take it on the chin or on the shoulder or wherever it is, on, <laughs> on my <forehead>. suit jacket <laughs> yeah, yeah you should take it on the chin and that when you that when you react you are the bad one because yeah. you are not being able to take a joke yeah that's how they view it or that's how they they pretend to view it
1: well and that's why what I, when when i got a milkshake thrown on me all i saw, i had turn around the big ass smile on yeah, my face you and said, to. the tolerant left, yeah. the tolerant left. Yeah. And d- don't fight back, d- like don't fight back physically, just fight back on constantly saying the, you, the truth. You know, you speak back, you fight back with words, you fight back through making these videos, through making these podcasts, like fight back culturally. Don't fight back, don't let them win by goading you into a okay. fight, right? Well, let
0: me ask you, because I know that we've got, we've got the memes. We've got the left the, can't meme. We've left can't meme. Yeah. We've got the kids on 4chan who are capable of tracking down a flag, even though all you can see is just the flag fluttering. What two airplanes going yeah. at converging, and they somehow found that
1: flag. And they found Shia LaBeouf in like Iceland or they whatever. They found Shia
0: LaBeouf. This is extraordinary. So we've got some real talent. We've got the wit. We've got a lot of the youth. I think we've got the culture. The left used to have the culture. Now we've got the the culture, but they're now trying to close us down by saying, "Well, you can't have the culture because we control the the media by which you reach the culture." Well, so, so it's not, so not about, about, about the it.
1: media, actually. The like, as far as Trump's re-election like chances. I don't I don't see any de- Democrat that could beat him right no, now. No, he's, he's,
0: he's... His sharing.
1: biggest enemy are the tech companies. So, like, the culture isn't going to be fought on the BBC. The culture is being fought on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. No, but that's, Twitter, what, I, that's right? what I mean. So, he's got to fight back against these tech companies. I guess you go after them on publishing rights. That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. But if he doesn't take on these tech companies, he doesn't stand a chance because no. everything is going to be algorithmically decided, so, right?
0: Because, the, interestingly, that's why... Basically, why Tommy Robinson didn't get his seat in the European Parliament. I'm sure that had had people had access to. Well, having said that, I'm not sure how many white working class, poor white working class people hang out on on the internet. But I think it definitely was a factor, wasn't it? It's in-
1: growing, right? It's growing. Like the Trump movement is definitely helping that. His campaign was brilliant as far as using Facebook, where Clinton wasn't using it at all. Basically, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. But now it's like. Uh, Do you know who Scott Adams is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big fan of his. He's suggested that Trump might be actually the last human president, because every other president after him will just basically repeat whatever is algorithmically pleasing to enough people to to get the most amount of votes. But Trump is just going off, like, off the fly, saying whatever the hell he wants, using just his marketing skills. So I don't know. He's gotta take on these tech companies, or he doesn't stand a chance. And do you think he will? I don't know. Like, it's, it's looking like the DOJ is going to file some antitrust files against Google, Amazon. We'll see. I don't know if the, the government is powerful enough to do it. And I don't know how you split up an, an algorithm. Like, it's a lot easier to break up a railway company 100 years ago than it is to split an, a website algorithm. So I don't know how you do it. Does and he, the people in government don't know how the hell to do it does either. Does he want
0: to win in 2020 or not? <laughs>
1: I think he like I think at first he probably would have wanted to just leave after four years, say, I was so great in these four years that I don't My need to work do it anymore, right? But now that he's been blocked at every turn, he needs the extra four years to solidify well, any yeah. sort of legacy, right? And also,
0: not just a legacy, but he needs to reveal the true corruption of the That's Obama right. regime. That's right. I mean, the deep state was so dangerous and and, and and, anti-democratic and far left, actually.
1: And this is one of the biggest things that reveals the media's bias. He says he's going to release the documents of of how all of this spying on his campaign started off. When did the New York Times not want to hear what the CIA is up to? Yeah. Like,
0: what the (laughs) hell is going
1: on here? They're obviously showing their colors. Yeah. It's disgusting. Mm. And we've got to get rid of these people in, in Washington. They've got... I don't know what happens to Brennan and Clapper, but... I would like a prison cell, to be honest, or at least a hearing. Like, it's treason to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think so many of Trump's, oh, sorry, of Obama's appointees were extremely dodgy. And and not to mention Crooked Hillary. Yeah. Who really should be behind bars, shouldn't she?
1: Exactly. I mean, all of them, really. I, Look,
0: like, like there, there, was them who,
1: there was that kid, there was that that submarine kid who took a selfie on a submarine and got done for years he went into prison because he was releasing classified information technically. What the hell happened to Hillary Clinton who released like hundreds of documents on Anthony Weiner's laptop, like sharing classified information, same thing. But James Comey says she didn't have intent. There's no intent in the statute. She didn't need to have intent. Mm. So it's just just, one-sided, two-sided justice again. So Trump's gotta stick around as long as possible. We need him.
0: Um, Well, I think, Bearing in mind your bad back, I ought to take you to the pub now for a pint. Sounds to, lovely. To, 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 to heal your... your I'm, I'm surprised you're not on morphine, actually. Do you rather, uh, is beer and whiskey really good enough for a bad back?
1: <laughs> not really, but uh, I You're I, a brave I do, boy. Yeah,
0: tough it out. Back pain is, is horrible. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's fantastic. Um, thank you, Kurt Zendelka, for, for appearing on the Delling Pod and f- for bringing your cameraman, Tom... And uh, I hope lots of people follow your channels, Travelling Dukes and Public... Oh, oh, why is it called Public Occurrences, by the way? Oh,
1: yeah. So it's Public Occurrences was the oldest newspaper in America, the first one. It ran for one issue before it was censored by the British Colonial Authority because Not he Michael. ran some dodgy stuff about uh, the the sexual proclivities of a French king. Right. So he got shut down. So I'm bringing back the first censored newspaper. That's my YouTube channel. Please subscribe and support me on Patreon if you want to buy yeah, me a pack of smokes I, or something, no, I
0: agree. Buy him some smokes and buy him some painkillers. I think he's he's earned it. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much, yeah. man. Thank you. It was you. a pleasure. Okay, Bye-bye.